If you are able, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Hey, today we're looking at the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Wow, we're getting to the end of, of this series, and I hope you've enjoyed it half as much as I have. Hey, by the way, if you have not listened to all of the uh, messages in the series, I encourage you to go online and listen to them so you'll know, because, because you'll, you'll, you'll hear the heart of the house. You'll hear what the Grace Place is all about if you'll listen to this series. Well, in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, verse number 42, Luke is the writer, we are told, of the book of Acts, and Luke writes here in verse number 42 of Acts chapter 2, and he's writing, talking about the early church, the church that was born on the day of Pentecost. And Luke writes, and he says, and they, speaking of the early church, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Father, I thank you one more time for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing word. God, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. Once again today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will anoint the message and the messenger, Lord, today. Help me to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit throughout the lesson today. God, I pray that you'll open the ears of the hearer today, but God, may we not just listen and hear, but may we put in practical practice what we receive today. God, your will be done in this service. We ask all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord, and you may be Reseated this morning. Well, we are currently in a series called Impact. Say impact. Impact is the word for the year, the word that we believe the Lord gave to us for this year to give direction for this year. This word impact defines the heart of this house. It's what we are all about. You see, we endeavor to make an impact both locally and globally. And we do this through caring and connecting. Well, today we're going to talk about the latter. For the letter C in our acrostic, and we are making an acrostic out of the word impact in this series, and for the letter C in our acrostic that we've been making out of this word, I've chosen the word community. Say community. Now, community is kind of a buzzword these days. It it has replaced the word fellowship. So, so when I'm talking about community, I'm, I'm actually talking about fellowship. Now, millennials are big on this. And we love our millennials at the Grace Place. And I believe that just as they can learn from us, I believe that we also can learn from them. But here's what I know, and that is it's not just millennials who are seeking community today. So is everyone else. A recent survey revealed that 54% of Americans claim to be lonely. 54% of Americans today claim to be lonely. Online dating is absolutely off the charts. Uh, The revenue is at $2 billion a year. Billion with a B. 
I asked the question this morning, how can we impact people's lives? One way is through promoting and providing community. Truth of the matter is, there will be no lasting impact without community. Now, the way that we provide community here at the Grace Place is through what we call C-groups. Say C-groups. Now, C-groups are groups of five to seven families that do life together. They meet once a month for fun and for fellowship or for community. But C-groups are not designed just for a monthly meeting or a monthly fellowship. The purpose of these groups is for caring and community. The people in these individual groups are challenged to care and to connect with one another. Not just simply once a month at the meeting, but day by day and week by week. Everyone in the group reaching out to one another, supporting one another, caring for one another, creating community, doing life together. You say, Pastor, this is something, you know, that's kind of like you said, it's a buzzword today and it's kind of the latest and the greatest and what, what people that think they're on the cutting edge are doing today. But, but, but is this thing, is this just something new that, that, that the church has come up with? Is this just something that the church is doing today? No, no, you see, actually, actually we see a picture of this, a model of this in the early church. Actually, actually, that's what the early church was all about. We read about it a moment ago, and I want us to dissect the verses that we read. And if we do that, we're going to discover five things that the early church did. You see, the early church, the church that was born on the day of Pentecost, that is our pattern for our church today. That's what the church should still look like today. So we need to look at the early church, see what the early church was all about, see what the early church was involved in, what the early church was doing, and then we need to pattern our church after the early church. Well, five things that the early church did. The first thing they did was they gathered. Gathered. Verse number 42 says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. What did the early church do? They, they gathered. They came together. They assembled. First of all, they came together to hear the word. They came for preaching and they came for teaching. They came for inspiration, but they also came for information. So they came together to hear the word. But not only did they come together to hear the word, but they also came together to worship. They came together to worship. They sang, they danced, they prayed, they praised, they partook of the Lord's Supper. They were like the psalmist who said in Psalm 122 and verse 1, he writes and he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Not only did the early church gather, but let me say the second thing you'll find that they did was, and that is they grouped. They didn't just gather, but after they gathered, then they grouped. Verse number 46 says, so continuing daily, say daily. I can't get some of you here monthly. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and, say and. Continuing daily and with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Say from house to house. 
from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So see, not only did the New Testament church gather, they also grouped. They divided the large crowd into smaller communities. I want us to notice two things about small communities. First of all, relationships are developed in small groups. Relationships are developed in small groups. See, it's impossible to build a relationship in a crowd. Relationships can only be made in small groups. Now, there are 800 or so people who claim the Grace Place as their church. Now, an average actual Sunday morning attendance is is just below or just above 500, depending upon the time of the year. Truth of the matter is, you cannot form a relationship with anyone by just attending a Sunday morning worship service. It's absolutely impossible. So, because of that, we have broken down our crowd and we have placed them in smaller communities called C-groups. Now, is this a one-step fix? Is this the total answer to getting people connected? Absolutely not. not. But it is one of the things that we do. It's one of the things that we, that we do on purpose. It is one of the things that we do uh, to try and get this accomplished. The truth of the matter is, to really find community, one should attend the Sunday morning celebration. Regularly. In order to really make a connection, then not only should you should you attend the Sunday morning celebration, but also then, then you need to come back on Wednesday nights for cultivation classes. Cultivation classes, which are which are actually small groups themselves, as we divide up into smaller, into smaller communities or smaller groups in order to be taught. And then also join a C group for care and community. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 24, it says that in order to have friends, one himself must be friendly. Pastor, I don't have any friends. Well, are you friendly? Because the wisdom writer says that in order to have friends, you're going to have to yourself be friendly. See, in order to connect, in order to experience community, we must put ourselves out there some. We must take the initiative. We must reach out to people. Now, now, now our staff has designed and works extremely hard to make community possible. But as the old saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you, you can't make him drink. So, but notice not only are relationships developed in small groups, but also you can find refuge in a small group. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 6, or excuse me, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says to bear one another's burdens. Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 says to weep with those that are weeping and to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. C groups are designed to be support groups. They're designed to share the highs as well as the lows of life. To weep when people are weeping and rejoice when people are rejoicing. 
the design of C groups is to provide personal care for its members. Personal care for its members. I mean, let me just challenge you today. If you are in a C group, I want to challenge you today to be sensitive to the people in your group. Pay attention. Support one another. Be there for one another. Develop a safe environment. Become a refuge. Care for one another. Not only did the early church gather, not only did they group, but the third thing they did was they gleaned. They gleaned. Verse number 42 says they continued in the apostles' Doctrine, And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, Paul writes, he says, when you meet together or you come together or you have church or you gather to celebrate the Lord, when you meet together, he says, one is going to sing and one is going to teach and, and one is going to prophesy. And he went on to say, everything that is done should edify all of you. Now, the Bible describes the church as a body. Now, we understand that every body part has a distinct function. My hand doesn't do what my foot does. The good news is I don't need my hand to do what my foot does. I don't need my foot to do what my hand does. Every particular body part has a different function. Every single one of those body parts are important, and they are needed. And and, and all together, when you put them all together, they make a body that functions and helps you live. So it is in the church, the body of Christ. Not everybody is a hand. Not everybody is a foot. We definitely have too many mouths. No one person can perform all the needed bodily functions, but everyone can perform the bodily function that God designed them specifically for. We can all learn from each other. We can all learn. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are. We can all learn something from everybody. We can all learn from each other, and we can all glean from each other. Let me say a couple of things here. First of all, the wisdom of others should be sought after. You should be seeking after the wisdom of others. There's more than one way to learn. One way to learn is three steps forward and two steps back. But if you learn everything in life by three steps forward and two steps back, you're going to be a bloody mess. A whole lot easier to glean from somebody else, to learn from somebody else, to borrow somebody else's wisdom, to borrow somebody else's knowledge. The wisdom of others should be sought after. Proverbs 11 and 14 says there is safety in having many advisors. C groups provide you with other people to glean from. Now, I want to be very, very careful here. I am going to add this this morning, and that is chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Know people well before taking advice from them. Amen? Now, that's good admonition concerning all people, not just the people in your C group. Here's a good one this morning, and that is listen to the advice of wise people, not just opinionated people. Well, I like that. I could get in trouble with that one, so I'm going to move on. 
Not only the wisdom of others should be sought after, but also, let me say this this morning, that is the wisdom that we have should be sown into others. Yeah, there's something that we can glean from somebody, but there are also some things in our life that others can glean from as well. Now, let me say this this morning. Also, we should be very, very careful not to come across arrogant or all-knowing. You know, there are some people, listen now, I'm about to get in trouble here, but there are some people I would love to say, you can't know everything about everything. not saying you don't have wisdom. I'm not saying you don't have anything to contribute. I'm saying just because something enters your mind doesn't mean it needs to come out your mouth. The wisdom that we have should be sown into others, but we should be very, very careful not to come across arrogant, not to come across all-knowing. But when asked... When somebody asks us or when it is appropriate, then we should, we should share our knowledge and wisdom in order to help somebody. Well, we can see a clear picture of community in the early church. Notice what they did. First of all, they gathered. They assembled. They came together. They gathered. Second of all, they grouped. Once they got the mass together, once they got the crowd together, then they grouped. They got in smaller, smaller, smaller settings. They gathered. They grouped. They gleaned. And the fourth thing you'll find that they did is, and that is they gave. They gave. Verse number 44, and the believers shared. What did they share? It goes on to say what they shared. They shared everything they had. You get mad at me for taking up the tithe and challenging you to give an offering. In the early church, they shared it all. The early church made sure that all of their members had everything they needed. They did this in two ways. First of all, they shared what they had. They shared what they had. First John chapter 3 and verse 17 says, Whoever has enough money to live well sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion. How can God's love be in them? The Bible said that if you have more than you need and you see someone that doesn't have all that they need and you don't share your abundance with them, the Bible says do not stand up and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Because if you have more than you need and you see someone who is struggling and someone who doesn't have enough to meet the need of their life and you do nothing to alleviate their need, you do nothing to help them to take care of their need, the Bible says the love of God is not in your life because God is love. People who choose to share life together should be willing to share in all areas. That includes Time, that includes talent, that includes treasure. How did the early church function in community? They, they gave, they gave. They shared what they had. And then secondly, second of all, they, they supplied all the needs of their group. Now, now, hear me this morning. Clearly, I'm not suggesting that our C groups take up money for needy people in their group. I'm, that's not what I'm saying this morning. I am saying that our C groups are designed to care for one another. Pastor, I don't feel cared for. Well, let me ask you, are you in a C group? 
because the way that we care for our people at the Grace Place is through C groups. That's one of the two functions of C groups is caring. So I ask you this morning, if you don't feel cared for, are you in a C group? Because there's just no way that a lead pastor can personally care for over 800 people. It is impossible. It is impossible for us to literally care, me and my staff, to care for 800 people. Amen. The crowd has become too large. And I will tell you that it bothers me that I can't do that personally. But I'm not bothered so much that I'm going to whittle the church down to about 75 so I can take care of everybody. And if I took care of everybody, it's about 75 to 100 people is all that one pastor can, can personally take care of. And I'm not willing to do that because I'm, I'm not, you know, I want you cared for and I want you cared for so much that we came up with C groups in order to give you some people in your life that you can do life together with, some people that you can know intimately, some people that can care for you and some people that you yourself can care for. And the model's been wrong for years anyway with having one pastor caring for all the people. You don't find that in the Bible. The Bible, they had, they, they had all kinds of people. They had people helping other people. They had deacons that were, that were helping other people. It, it, it's the same thing that we're trying to, to get uh, to, to happen here at, the, here at the Grace Place. I am saying that our C groups are designed to care for one another. This includes providing meals when somebody has been in the hospital or has had a death in the family. The C group together, it's not on the shoulders of just the leader. It's everybody in the C group. You know, man, I can bring something on Tuesday. Well, I can bring something on Wednesday. Well, I can bring something on Thursday. And this also means alerting staff when a financial crisis arise, arises in one of their families. And the staff, because you see the staff, sometimes we know things you don't know. Sometimes you know things we don't know. But there's sometimes that we know things that you don't know. So, so this includes alerting staff when a financial crisis arises in one of their families because the staff then can verify the validity. Say validity. We can, we can verify the validity of the crisis. Not every, not every called crisis is a crisis. And some people's crisis, they had one yesterday, and they'll have one tomorrow. Just being real. How can we make an impact? Through community, by taking the crowd and breaking it down into smaller communities. Hey, hey, isn't that what Jesus did when he fed the 5,000 families? Isn't that what Jesus did when he fed the multitude with the five loaves and the two fish? Notice, if you'll read the story, the first thing that he did was to tell the disciples to break the crowd into smaller groups of 50s and 100s. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you manage and minister and provide individual care for a crowd? By dividing it up into smaller, more intimate, more personal, more manageable groups. How did the early church make an impact? Well, they made an impact because they gathered and then they grouped and then they gleaned and then they gave. And number five, after they gathered, grouped, gleaned, and gave, then they grew. Verse 47, they gain favor with all the people. Listen, listen, when you take care of people, you're going to gain favor with them. They gain favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily. See, what we need to understand is the way to grow larger is to grow smaller. 
See, the problem is not getting people to come through our front doors. People come through our front doors every single Sunday. We've got a great location. 22,000 people drive by our church every single Monday through Friday. 22,000 people. We've got a cool church, man. And we've got an incredible name. Did you know every time somebody asks me, they say, what are you doing? I say, I'm a pastor. Happened to me and my son just the other day. We were together and somebody was with us. And they said, well, what do you all do? And, and I said, well, you know, my son said, well, we pastor. And he looked at me and he said, well, where, well, where do you pastor? I said, I pastor the Grace Place. He said, what do you call it? I said, the Grace Place. He said, oh, I love that name. I mean, it's just amazing to me how many, every time I tell somebody that's never heard of it, I pastor the Grace Place. Oh, I love that name. The problem is not getting people to come through our front doors. It happens to us every single Sunday morning. The problem is closing the back door. And it's not just our problem. It's every single church's problem. Amen? fact of the matter is, in most places, we are pastoring a parade. I heard a pastor at a pastor seminar one time say, guys, don't feel too bad when people leave you. If you stay long enough, they'll come back and leave again. <laughs> Had a man I pastored in, in, in Midland. I was there 12 years, and he, let, he came and got, went four times. The fourth time, he called me up, and he said, Pastor, the Lord's leading me out. I said, no, he's not. The bulldog, I am. He said, yes, pastor, the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is leading us out. I said, no, he's not. Yes, pastor, the Holy Spirit's leading us out. No, not. I called him my name. This is your fourth time. The Holy Spirit is not schizophrenic. I said, I love you and I love your family and you're welcome here and you can come back again if you want to. And listen, just tell me I have bad breath or you don't like my preaching or somebody offended. But don't lay it on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not leading you out. You've been in every church in town. You've been in mine four times. If you're new this morning, I'm not usually this nice. problem is not getting people to come through our front door. The problem is closing the back door. The problem is getting people connected. The way to grow larger is to grow smaller. See, the truth of the matter is, and this is a documented fact, if people don't connect with three to five people in the church, they won't stay. It don't matter how good the worship is. It don't matter how good the preaching is. It don't matter how cool the presentation is. It don't matter how awesome the facility is. If people do not connect with three to five people, they are not going to stay. How do we get people to stay? How do we get people connected? Well, let me just tell you this. It won't happen in the crowd. It won't happen in the crowd. It only happens when people find a community within the crowd. The way to grow larger is to grow smaller. Here's what I've come to know, and that is if we don't take care of what we have, God's not going to give us more. And that's true in every area of life. That's true with your money. You're fussing because you don't have enough money. Listen, if you'd be better with what you had, God could trust you with more. It's every area of life. If we don't take care of what we have, God won't give us more. Same thing is true with the church. Jesus said in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, Jesus said if you're faithful with a little, he says, then you're going to be faithful with a lot. But he said if you are not faithful with a little, he said, neither will you be faithful with a lot. 
My way of saying it would be to say this, the greatest indicator of what a person will do is what they have done. What are people going to do in the future? The very same thing they have done in the past. Oh, it doesn't have to be that way. It can change, but it seldom, seldom does. True story. A pastor was praying and asking God to send more people to his church. He said as he was praying and asking God to send more people to his church, he said that he distinctly heard the Lord speak to him and say, No! God said to him, I love people too much to send them to your church. Wow. Here's what I do know, and that is this. God won't send us more people if we're not taking care of the ones we have. We'll never have 600 unless we take care of the 500 that we have. Or that would be 9,000, you know, but the actual Sunday morning attendance would be around 500 or 600. I, if we don't take care of the ones we have, God's not going to send us more. And I also know this, and that is he's not going to send us more if we are not prepared to take care of them once they get here. I didn't say, you know, I'll just send them in there and let's see how they do with them. No. God loves people too much for that. Loves people too much for that. Hey, God looks down and looks at the grace place. Hey, man, they are set up. They are equipped. They are ready. They have systems in place. They have people in positions. They, they, can, they can handle a thousand people. So I'm, I'm going to put those people over there. I know they'll take care of them. God loves his people. Amen. Write this down, and then we're about done this morning. The degree, the degree of our impact will be determined by the degree of our preparation, our processes, and our proficiency. The takeaway for the message today is this. To make a lasting impact will require the crowd becoming connected through community. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning. Father, this, this little presentation, this little teaching, whatever it is this morning. Lord, I just pray that you'll take this this morning. God, you see our heart this morning. You see that our heart is to take care of the people. You see that our heart is, is to see that our people are connected and see that our people are cared for. God, one of the ways we're going to do that, and that is through intentionality. And the one of the ways that we are intentional is we do this through these C groups that we have developed. Are they perfect? No. Have we made mistakes in the past? Yes. Will we make mistakes in the future? Yes. But God, we are endeavoring to, to, to make sure that our people become connected and make sure they become cared for. God, I pray that you'll help us today. Speak to the people that you want to speak to today. Help us to respond today. 